you, Jonathan. <clears throat> wow, what a morning. What an amazing time. I, I Just incredible. And I, I feel so grateful to be part of what the Lord is doing in our day. I genuinely am. And I, I, I love this family. I was in tears this morning as just worshipping the Lord. And just thank you. Thank you for just being so open to what the Lord is doing right now. The Holy Spirit is releasing. We, we're in, a, I think, a, an extraordinary time. It's, it's an amazing time. Just look at the things that are happening around the world right now. All these different things. You might think, ah, what is happening? But you know, I, I've just been struck over these last few weeks that the first and the last word is always the Lord's. And so what we see is not the last word. His is the last word. And he will bring his plans to bear. And uh, we're, we're living in, I think, extraordinary season of the Holy Spirit being released. And there's more to come, church. Absolutely more to come. And I, I just loved what our musicians did this morning in helping us just, just sense the power and the presence of the Lord. I, thank you, guys. You were tremendous today. Absolutely tremendous. I, and I, I also want to say thank you for just your involvement in our week of prayer. Uh, we've taken this last week to just set aside moments to pray. I, I also trust that you've got hold of our heart to this prayer covenant. And uh, I know many last week and the week before at the South would have signed up and said, yeah, you know, we're going to go for this. Let me just set you free from law. Let me set you free from law. But in grace and opportunity and invitation, let's press in for this great, great thing the Lord has given us in terms of praying into revival, into the nation's into miracle signs and wonders, into leadership in our land, in our nation, in our church and wherever, and into all the great things that we get to do. And, and church, I just want to say, come on, let's, let's provoke one another with this. Let's stir each other with love and good works with this. Let's not kind of, okay, we started and then pfft, we fizzle out. No, no, we're, we're, we're on this journey. We're not backing out. And the Holy Spirit is our helper, and he's the one that's going to keep us going. So if you didn't get to sign up last week, it doesn't mean you can't do it. All the stuff is on our website. There are plenty of, of things around which we can make available. I want to encourage you. Let's push on. Let's press in. Let's allow the Lord to break out in all the things that he wants to do. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's wonderful. Well, one of the things that we're going to get to do over these next few weeks is look at John's Gospel. And uh, today we begin a new series looking at the closing chapters of John. Verses that take Jesus to the cross, that see him raised victorious to life once more through the resurrection, and verses that also prepare his dear followers for the presence and power of the Holy Spirit to come upon them and dwell within them, sending them out to continue his mission as Jesus himself was sent by the Father. 
That's what we're going to look at. These last chapters of John, chapter 13 through to chapter 21, in fact, so many of them just focus on one evening. The last moments that Jesus has before he's lifted up on the cross. We're kind of given almost an intimate kind of fly on the wall, look in moment of what Jesus was sharing with his dear friends. And that's what we're going to be looking at over these next few weeks. I think it's exciting. We're going to take it all the way through to Easter. You know, we're going to see Jesus glorified and Jesus glorified. And then see us sent out to do the same things that he did. So I'm looking forward to this series, and I hope you are too. Do you know the Lord has promised revival? And it's for, for, I believe, for us, but it's not just for us, it's for our town, it's for our nation. And we're living in the promise of that. And, And I'm praying that as we get into this, this will awaken us again to all the promises, and that we'll believe and step in with faith to do the things that Jesus did. So, let's read some of these verses. So, I'm going to start, actually, by reading from John chapter 20. Just a couple of verses. And some of you might be thinking, what on earth are you starting there for? Because you said that we were going to go from chapter 13. Well, we're going to come to that in a moment. We just read... Jesus came, am I in the wrong chapter? I must be here. Excuse me, I I need my glasses. Vanity, you see, always gets you into trouble. There's a lesson here. Don't allow vanity to stop you. All right? Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that... He breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Okay? I just want to tell you that as we go through these chapters from 13 to 21, that's a key set of verses that help us understand all those chapters. When we look at these chapters, we say, how does this reflect us being sent as Jesus was sent. When we look at the chapter we're going to read today, think about how does this show us being sent as Jesus was sent? So those, if you like, are like filters that help us make sense of what we're going to look at. And then if you'd like to turn to John chapter 13, and um, I just love this passage. It's one of the most beautiful passages that we read anywhere in the Bible. It's full of power, full of things, so much. We'll see where we get to. But it was just before the Passover feast. And Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world... He now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served 
And the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to portray Jesus. Do you know, I just, I, sorry, I just want a little side here. I always feel so sorry for Simon. He's only mentioned once, and he's mentioned as the father of the one who betrays Jesus. I just, as a father myself, I feel that. I just want to provoke us. Pray for our children. Don't stop praying for your children. It just struck me. You know, I'm thinking, gosh, this guy, he's in the Bible. I want to be remembered for the right things. Let's pray for our children. That's an aside. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Jesus dressed himself as a slave. That's what he did. He dressed himself as a slave. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realise now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord... Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Come on, Lord, bring it on. Jesus answered, calm down. No, he didn't. He just said, a person who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I've set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Wow. Father, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, please help us to get this. <laughs> please help us to understand what this is all about and how we're to respond, how we're to be humble, how we're to be loving to the very end. I want to pray, Lord, set us free to be like you. 
Amen. You know, I, I just want you to picture this. You know it's your last night on earth. Now, no one ever knows these things, but Jesus knew this. But I want you to imagine that you knew that this was your last night on earth. Tomorrow, you will die. You're not in prison. You're not awaiting some of the fates that we read about of prisoners. But you know you're going to die. How would you spend your time? What would you do? What would you be thinking? What would you be feeling? What would you want to say? What would you want to leave behind? I don't know about you, I think I'd be kind of self-absorbed. I'd be thinking a little bit about, oh, gosh. I think, even for me, I'm, I'm, I'm an uber-external processor. I love being with people. I'm energised by people like no tomorrow. I'm not sure I'd want to be with people. I might want to be with people who I love, but I think... I'd probably be quite self-absorbed. I'd be thinking about me. I'd be thinking about oh, all the things maybe I would like to have done. You know what? Jesus knew as he was before those friends of his that he was going to die tomorrow. They didn't know this. They hadn't got it. He also knew that amongst those friends... There was one who was going to deny him. There was one who was going to ruthlessly betray him and be the one who basically is the means that he gets executed. And all the others, so-called friends, are going to run away and abandon him. And yet Jesus chooses to spend his last night on earth with those men. And what does it say? It says, Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. Wow. Do you know, the first thing that we have to note is that there's no love like Jesus' love. Do you know, this is, this is not a kind of, look at Jesus, be like his love, love like he loves, because we can't do it. What we recognise is that there is no love like Jesus' love. First of all, we need to kind of wonder and be amazed at that. He loves you. He knows all about you. He knows what you've done. He knows what you're going to do. He knows what you will do. He still loves you. Do you know what? He cares for you. He loves you to the very end. You are not ever going to surprise him with something about yourself that he hasn't already covered and he still loves you to the end. And what I love about Jesus is that, yeah, he was going to show them the full extent of his love. We know that John always writes with uber ambiguity. There's always so many levels. So, yeah, 
the full extent is going to be shown on the cross. And that is the place where he's going to demonstrate to the world the wonderful depth of his love. But he also shows in this room how much he loves people to the point that the one who, it says, he knew that the Father had put all power into his hands. He knew that he'd come from God. So he knew that he'd made the universe. He knew that this whole thing was his doing and he was going back to God. He knew who he was and yet he stepped down from heaven to earth and he stepped down from his seat to his knees to wash some feet. The king of glory. Wow. I also love the fact that Jesus on the cross, he sees his mum and he says to John, hanging from the cross, behold your mum. Mum, behold your son. He's in agony. He's dying. He's carrying every weight that you can imagine. And yet, he's caring and loving those around. He looks to one of the thieves next to him and says, I hear you cry. Today, you'll be with me in paradise. He looks down at those who are insulting him, who are abusing him, mocking him, goading him. Father, please forgive them. I don't know what they're doing. Guys, there's no way we can love like that. Not on our own. Don't ever turn this passage into, we need to love like Jesus. Because we can't love like Jesus until we are in Jesus. Don't turn passages like this into simply platitudes. We need to serve more. We need to be more helpful. We need to put the chairs out. We need to kind of see whether, yes, that is included. But if we limit it to that kind of, will you pick up the rubbish when you see, will you help someone at the door? We have missed the point. Because actually, it's about us knowing the extent of Jesus' love to such a degree that it changes us from the inside out and it makes us do extraordinary things that surprise the world around us with the love of Jesus. Jesus showed them the full extent of his love. And he could do that because it says he knew who he was. Let me tell you something. Knowing who you are changes everything. Do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? I don't mean what you put on, the projection of yourself, and I'm very good at doing that sometimes. We all are. I mean, do you really know who you are? You see, Jesus knew his identity. He knew 
who he was, the son of God. And I know that makes him very different on one level. But he also gives us an invitation that we can step in with him to know who we are with him. And actually, when we see so much about identity in the Bible, it's because there's an invitation from Father God for us to come and know who we are, why we were made, the purpose of our life, and why we've been given at this particular moment the things that we've been given to serve him and to honour him. Jesus knew who he was. And his invitation is that in him, you can know who you are. And you're never, ever going to find out who you are outside of Jesus. You know, we lived in one of the most messed up, confused generations that's ever lived. Am I male? Am I female? Am I straight? Am I gay? Am I, what am I? Do I, you know, do I f- go fluid? Am I, am I sort of, um, am, I, am I self-fulfilled? Am I, who am I? What am I? What am I looking for? We're so messed up. We're looking for the answers. And it's all found in finding out who we are. And the only place we'll find out who we are is in Jesus Christ. So I just want to say to anybody here today, and look, I, I'm, I've been on this journey of trying to understand who I am. I know how difficult it is. I'm not belittling you. I'm not saying to you that it's not um, things that you need to find out about. But I want to cut to the chase and say, come to Jesus. It'll shorten your search by a long way. It's only when you come to Jesus and see who he is that you suddenly realise that you need him to save you and serve you. If you come to him, you'll start to see everything about yourself. And then you'll start to see who you can be in him. That's what Jesus did. He showed just who you can be. You know, he he modelled for something. The whole passage is an example He modelled how identity, knowing who you are, means that you don't have to fight for position. I love the fact that Jesus, the most secure, the most worthy, the most anointed, the most powerful, the most glorious person there ever is, had no qualms dressing like a slave. I can be a slave. I can serve because I know whose I am. So many people fighting for position, struggling to kind of, look at me, look at me. Trying to make it, look, I've got nothing against you trying to do well in your career or trying to find the right person that you might get married to or relate to. It's good to find the right people right career, but that will never, ever make you secure. Only Jesus. And from that place, you're in a place to serve, to know true humility. You see, true humility is not actually thinking less of yourself. It's just thinking about yourself less. 
and focusing more on Jesus and letting him then release you to be who you are. Oh gosh, look at the time. It's already flown, goodness me. So what does Jesus do? Knowing who he is, he gets down, he serves. What I love about Jesus is before he speaks a word of instruction, he shows them from his actions. There's a good teaching principle there. We like words. So we like to start off with, let me kind of outline what I think you need to do, and then we'll try and do a few examples. Jesus says, let me show you, and then I'll tell you about it. Do you notice what he does? Let's say a word. He gets down, he washes his disciples' feet. There's a backdrop to this. Luke chapter 22. If you get the time, read it. Last supper, the disciples at the end of the meal are having a chat about who's the greatest. Now, last night, Jesus' death, he's going to go away tomorrow. Ah, who's the greatest? And it's into that context. John assumes that we know this. And he gets down and he washes their feet. And he comes to Peter. And suddenly you can see the shock. Actually, I I was going to do this to Heather. We would see the shock on her face. We would see the shock. I, I was just going to show you the shock, but I won't do that. Peter was absolutely shocked. And Peter being the one who verbalizes, I guess, what's going in the hearts of all the other disciples, but they never get to say it. He says, Lord, are you really going to do this? Yes, I am, Peter. You see, you need to understand, I'm sure you've heard this, but you see, it was the lowest job in this society. It was only the job that a slave did. And if you didn't have a slave, you would leave a bowl of water and you would let the person themselves do it, but you would never, you would never, if you were not a slave, even contemplate washing somebody else's feet. And it was a pretty unpleasant job. <clears throat> Don't think of our roads, which are pretty dusty, and you can find some unpleasant things there. But in Jesus' day, these roads were either really dusty, really muddy, full of animal dung, full of all the pollutants that you would have chucked out of houses. So your feet in open-toed sandals would not be very pleasant. They would be very unhygienic, probably. They would smell, probably, alongside all the other bodily things that would be on there. And so no wonder nobody wanted to do this job. Yet Jesus takes the basin, takes the towel, gets down on his knees, gets smelly feet of all those guys and washes them. And Peter says, no, 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 Lord, you're not going to do this. No. No. And Peter says, sorry, Jesus says to Peter, says, look, Peter, I know you don't quite understand what I'm doing now. But unless I wash you, you have no part with me. And humility is not just about us doing things for others. It's also about allowing Jesus to do something for us which we can never do for ourselves. And sometimes we're not always good at letting him. Jesus has to wash you. You can't start in any other place. (laughs) I thought about doing this. I was going to say, right, Felipe, I want to see your feet to see how clean they are. Would you like to take your shoes off for me? Oh, he's a confident man. But he's really hoping that I don't. (laughs) And, yeah. I'm not going to go there. 
Actually, the truth is, Jesus says, look, I know the dirt on your feet. I know the dirt everywhere, and you need me to clean you. And there's so much more I want to say on this, but I want to invite anybody here today. You need to be cleansed by Jesus. You really do. You cannot start this. Look, you can't even... You can't even begin the journey until Jesus washes you. And the way he ultimately washed you is, of course, he got nailed to a cross. And his blood ran out. And it's that what washes you. But he wants to clean you and cleanse you from all sin. And that can be yours even today. I just want to say this as well. I think there are some of you here today who know that Jesus can forgive you. And maybe you know that you've been forgiven. You've let him come and touch you. You've trusted in what he's done on the cross and his resurrection. But you still feel unclean. You've believed enough to be forgiven, but you've not believed enough to be cleansed. And you're still living with all sorts of filth and all sorts of defilement. You're still living with a sense of shame. Maybe over things that you've done, or maybe, maybe, and this is even more painful, over things that other people have done to you. And Jesus wants to clean you. He wants to clean you. He wants to set you free from that rubbish. I just feel pain in my heart right now for people who still feel unclean. And Jesus wants to come and wash you and set you free from that. So that you're not just forgiven, but you're released in every sense, clean and fresh before him. He wants to come and break you out of that. And this is the time for you to step into it. just want to finish with these couple of things and then we'll, we'll, we'll just pray. Jesus said that his hour had come. Up until this point... His hour hadn't come, (laughs) but now his hour has come. We know what the hour was. It was his death, resurrection, beautiful sacrifice he was going to make. But I want you to understand there are hours or there are times in the purposes of God that you have to grab those moments. Okay? Our God is outside time and history, but he works in time and history And he sets plans and purposes in motion. And actually, I believe the Lord is saying this is our hour. His hour amongst us. And we need to know that. One of the prophecies that came, we've read them over this week from Bogota, is if you know and understand the time that you are in, you will see your nation revived again. This is our hour, church. I believe this. And you can miss it. I don't want you to miss it. I don't want to miss it. Grab hold of it. Second thing, John points us also to Judas. Judas one of the saddest characters in the whole of the Bible. And 
Judas saw all the miracles. He heard all the words. On the night of his betrayal, Jesus washes his feet. He keeps speaking to him, Judas, I know what you're going to do. Come on, don't do it. And yet Judas, we know, went to hell. Don't miss the invitation of Jesus. Don't miss what he says to you right now about stepping in. I heard this this week and I, and I think it's so amazing. To those of you who follow and love Jesus and have been washed by him, this life now will be the closest to hell that you ever get. To those of you who do not know Jesus and are not following him, this is the closest to heaven that you'll ever get. Did you get that? Don't miss out on what God is doing. Come on, let's stand up. I just would like to invite our band, if we could just have the guys come back. And I just want to give some moments for you to respond to these words. There's so much more I could have brought out of this passage. It's great. Now you know these things. You'll be blessed if you do them. That's where it heads, isn't it? <laughs> but it starts with Jesus washing us. And I, I just want to give you some moments now. If you, if you feel you want to come and stand here at the front with me and... Just respond. You don't have to respond for any particular thing. You just know you need to respond. Just come and stand with me. I, I'm really grateful to not be alone. I am aware today that there are people here who know that they need to be washed by Jesus. And there's some of you right now who know that Jesus is calling you and this is your moment we've already had that invitation in the in the meeting just put your hand in his hand and say Jesus Christ thank you for your love thank you that you've showed the full extent of your love to me on the cross thank you that you've done what I could never do and that you've served me and saved me and I just want to invite you to put your life in his hands now let him wash you. Let him make you clean. Come and start that journey. And if, and if that's you, I'd, I'd love you to come and stand here. Come and do it. Come and be part of. We've had people welcomed into the family today and last week. And just come and be part of the family because that's what happens when you get to know Jesus. You become part of his family. You know who you are. You know where you belong. You know what it is that you get to do. Come on, there's some of you who need to do that this morning. There are others of you who've just been walking with Jesus and you, you know, I, 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 I was shocked this week to find out that um, the average screen time that I'd had on my phone, which includes all sorts of things, was nearly two hours every day. And it shocked me because I thought to myself, if I pray two hours every day, 
wow, maybe that would make so much more sense. And, I, and I'm aware that just as in that passage it said that you're clean, but you just need to wash your feet from time to time. I just recognize there are some of you here, some of us here right now, who have allowed, maybe almost imperceptibly, things to entangle us that are pulling us back from Jesus. And if that's you, I just want to invite you to come and, and just repent of it. Let him wash you. Let him wash your feet. He says, if we confess us and he's faithful and just, will cleanse us, cleanse us of all unrighteousness, forgive our sin, you'll do it. If you're in that place, I, I just feel even now, there's some of you who, I, I, I'm not going to expose you, that's not my job, but the Holy Spirit is convicting you. And there's some of you, some of you are, are wrecked by pornography, absolutely wrecked by it. And you're just, you, you're, you're so angry with yourself and you, you can't get free. And the Lord says, let me wash you. I can break it. But you need to come and tell someone. And I just want to invite you, others of you, some of you are just caught up in other things. Some of the stuff you watch, watch on the telly, imperceptibly, it's just getting into you. The language that you hear, oh, it's just language. No, it gets into you. It gets into you. It shapes you. Just be washed clean right now. Let him wash you clean. You see, we're people who are ready to be re released in revival. And we do not want to grieve or we do not want to quench the Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, we say to you right now, forgive us our sins. Forgive us for those things that compromise. And finally, Father, I want to pray right now that as you said, now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. I want to pray, will you release love in abundance into our hearts that we would radically, radically show love in every part of our lives because we're in you. I want to pray, Lord Jesus, that you would, you would just help us to, to wash the feet of those who we would find not pleasant. <laughs> that you would help us to serve those who are desperately far away from you that you would help us to do acts of kindness and love from your heart that would shape this world into glory. Change our hearts, Lord. Break our hearts with what breaks yours. Lord Jesus, I want to pray. Let us wash <laughs> figuratively people's feet this week in your strength and in your power. And just finally, Lord Jesus, I want to pray. <laughs> Release us then as you would your disciples. Loose on our streets, loose in our workplaces, in our families, everywhere, and let this nation be saved. Let this nation be revived. We pray today for our nation. We pray this nation would be revived. We pray that you would bring life again back into your church, that you would bring thousands into a relationship with you. Revive our nation, Lord Jesus, we pray. Save the lost. Save those who are captives. Break them out of their prisons, Lord, and set them free. That's our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen. Amen. I'm just going to close as we sing that song that we sang earlier on. Knowing you, Jesus, there is no greater thing. You're my all. You're the best. You're my joy, my righteousness. Let's just stand. Let's just worship as we go. Let's bless one another as we sing this, as we worship the Lord together.